you can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle, we don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning, download the app, give it a try. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. I'm Jeff Johnson coming to you with Heather Shoemaker. How are you doing, Heather? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. We're headed off on another road trip in a little bit, and I've been enjoying my deck and cooking things in my grill because we'll be be away during nice Iowa weather. So uh, I'm trying to squeeze it all into a little bit of time, and we had to had to pull time away from the deck to record some podcasts. So what are we talking about uh, today? Well, I was thinking um, about lesson plans and how that does not really fit well with young children. Um, I was just yesterday, I was speaking again, I was speaking to a, at a retirement center, and I love speaking to groups of grandparents, and in this case, there were some great-grandparents, um, because they, they totally trust young kids. They, they raised their kids during an era when we didn't know much about all that good brain research, but we trusted the kids that their type of play was important. Um, so they totally got my message much more um, easily than a lot of the younger folks who are brought up in a different um, time period and getting different cultural messages. But anyway, one of the ladies who was um, in the audience yesterday said she used to be a, a preschool and, and kindergarten teacher, and when she retired, it was when she was forced to create lesson plans for the four- and five-year-olds, and she said she didn't think they needed any, and it was time for her to retire. <laughs> So she retired a little earlier than she would have. And I hear this from quite a few of the um, older um, the teachers in early childhood because they, they do know to trust the kids' play, but the forces coming against them often make them the decision of retiring a few years earlier than they might. So I wanted to address that topic of lesson plans and curriculum or non-curriculum when it comes to early childhood. Uh. This is something I hear about all the time, Heather, and I, I think I mentioned it in, in uh, one of our previous episodes. Uh, a wonderful kindergarten teacher I know here locally retired early because they were they were handing her over a uh, scripted reading curriculum for kindergarten, where you, with her twenty some years, twenty five, just about thirty years of experience and her master's degree, uh, they couldn't trust that. They needed her to follow a script. I mean, literally the script for her to stand in front of the classroom and read. Uh, the problem is with with curriculum and and lesson plans is that it it doesn't meet the children where they're at. If your curriculum is being created by by somebody that's a thousand miles away and who's never met the children in your classroom, or if you're creating it uh, weeks and weeks or months or days in advance. You never know which child or which version of that child is going to walk into the classroom and what their mind's going to be on. And so most of that stuff is pretty useless, pretty irrelevant, isn't it? Uh, yes. I mean, to me, it's a, it's a notion of, of astonishment that there could be such a thing as a, a lesson plan for the young kids because a day for a child ha contains the entire world in it. 
and there's no planning or saying what might happen or what reactions or what discoveries could be made. Um, as long as the kids are having time to play and be outside um, and, and be inside at times, you know, the, the, the sky's the limit on what can happen. And I think that when we try to, as adults, decide what should be crammed into their day and, and write it down, um, then we're in danger of limiting their learning and limiting the real foundational skills they need as they move through their day. Yeah, and I think so I, I, the idea scares me. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's happening way too much. And I think early learning practitioners get sold a bill of goods. They go through training, and and you know a lot of the people working in this profession started out with some connection to elementary schools. I know a lot of people in, in the profession started out working, you know, maybe may have elementary degrees or something. And, and so they carry the idea of lesson planning that's done in, in the school system, which isn't a great idea in and of itself into preschool classrooms, but not only that, but, but, uh, but uh, toddler rooms and, and there are programs in states that require infant curriculums and it's, does that involve burping? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, what's the infant curriculum? You, uh, you, uh, you, you snuggle them when they need snuggling, and you feed them when they they let you know they're hungry, and you change them when they need changing, and you f let them sleep when they need to sleep, and it doesn't get much. We make it so complicated. Mm -hmm. um, right. Well, it made me think about say older kids. Let's say two years old and up. Uh, so toddlers and preschoolers and kids in kindergarten and, and all that sort of time period, kids of kindergarten age, um, I think that if we cover some basic ingredients in their day, and I'm talking about eat, sleep, poop, which, isn't there a book about that? No, that was eat, shoots, and leaves. Do you remember that book? <laughs> that was, it was actually about punctuation and apostrophes <laughs> and grammar. Because if you say it, eat, shoots, and leaves, it could mean yeah, so that we... you're... Yeah, yeah, a panda so eating the shoots and leaves are to mean that you're shooting someone. Anyway, eat, sleep, and poop. There's some basic things that the kids need to do. They need rest. They need to eat. They need to use the bathroom. And beyond that, if you're reading them stories, maybe singing a song here and there, and having some time when they're outside or a lot of time when they're outside, there's nothing else to plan. I think if you sprinkle those ingredients into the day, the rest of life will happen. Um, because kids are wired to explore and and interact, and so ask them what they need and follow behind them instead of leading them down a certain narrow path. Yeah, the the curriculum. Somebody very smart said this. I don't remember who. The child is the curriculum. Period. And and so our job becomes creating an environment where we trust them enough to follow their lead. Um, and I, I think that's really difficult for, for a lot of adults because if you're, if you're in a room of 8, 10, 12 preschoolers and that, that's 8, 10, 12 different curriculums you may have going on in that space at one time, and that can look chaotic and it can look out of control at times. Now, that doesn't mean it is, but there's that appearance for the, the people that, uh, that aren't able to step back and, and pick apart the learning that's going on in, the, the, in, in what looks like chaos. And, and so I think trusting kids to be the boss of the curriculum is a, a very uncomfortable thing for a lot of adults, even adults with a lot of experience in this profession. Right. Well, it's, um, you know, I realize that some people who work in, a, in more of a center type setting may have actual requirements where either the state or some sort of quality program is insisting 
these days on having a curriculum. So um, you know, that that needs to be changed at a, at a different level. But I think if there is some sort of requirement, you have to um, go with it at a very basic level, such as our curriculum for the morning is to play and and get away with what you can on that or do it after after the fact, you know, after your day has happened. Write down all the neat sciency and literacy things that you happen to do by mistake while you are following the children. And I, I got into this discussion uh, a week or so ago in, in Wisconsin at an event. People, people you know, I, I go out and I talk about, about – trusting kids to be the boss of their play and uh and I, I hear a lot of well we can't do that because of the quality rating system or because licensing and they won't let us play and in most situations the quality rating systems at least have some version of a self-created curriculum that they allow now most of them have some the this and that and that the other thing are approved curriculums you can use but play can also become a curriculum, and, and the conversation we got into in Wisconsin was that what, what the job becomes then for the, for the caregiver is paying attention to the, I think in Wisconsin they use five different domains, uh, cognitive and, and language development, all this kind of stuff, and uh, the job becomes picking out those things. What the kids are doing and labeling it. Yeah, and yeah. so instead of instead of preloading everything with I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do this activity at the children, and they're going to learn this thing. The idea is to step back and observe them doing the thing that they chose to do, and seeing the learning that's going on there. Because the other thing about children and learning is they're learning a whole bunch of different things at one time, and they don't need to break it down into categories the way we adults and our our fully wired adult brains tend to like to do things. Right. So here I'm just cracked open the dictionary, and I'm looking up the word curriculum, and it's from 1633, and there's two definitions. The course is offered by an educational institution. That's one definition. So uh, certain things they're supposed to learn from an educational institution. The other one is a set of courses constituting an area of specialization. So it's interesting. It's it's. Um, I think when we talk about lesson plans for young kids and curriculum, we are um, forgetting what it is that they really need to be learning and spending their time on in these early years, which are things like um, conflict mediation and emotional learning and um, you know, all sorts of good stuff. If that's on the curriculum, then great, because they can get that through interacting in their normal day. Well, yeah, it's so, so much of that, it, it, their job really is learning how to be in and of the world. Uh, how to, how to, Lisa Murphy, her, her phrase for this is how to get your shovel back. You know, you're on the playground <laughs> and that other kid comes and takes your shovel. How do you get your shovel back? And, and so learning those uh, very basic seeming, but often very complicated social skills are, are, are really a, a, a big hunk of what the what the early years are about and very hard for us to ad adults to sit down and do in a cir circle time lesson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> effectively, we can spend lots, lots of time trying, but the kids learn those things in the, in the block play area and in dramatic play. And, and when they're just being in the world, uh, checking out bugs and spider webs. Right. Right. So there's another t trend that I've seen as I've observed some schools is people will say, well, this is a very, um, play-led, uh, child-led, play-based preschool program. And when I observe, I see that 
um, the kids did a brainstorm at some point, and maybe they got really interested in bugs, or they really got interested in babies, or Superman, or whatever it was. And so then the teacher pounces on that topic, and it's going to be bugs, and then does all the math about bugs. So they're starting to count bugs, and then they're going to do art with bugs, and everything, all the things that they're supposed to uh, cram into their heads are uh-huh. all about the topic, about bugs, which isn't child led play at all because the kids by that time might be on to a different yeah. topic like werewolves <laughs> also but you know that the counting that, that taking just the child's idea of the topic and then putting it into the adult uh agenda really is not at all what it's about we need to open up that time that the the early childhood time and allow the kids two three hours or however long that the the program is that they're awake for of interacting and playing and all those things will come out they will count who has more cars you know if they're doing car races yeah. you've got more cars than i have or you know they'll figure out a quantity and and more than and less than and all those ideas just by playing yeah so just because the child says dinosaur doesn't mean you have to as the adult develop a uh, a six-week dinosaur theme uh, for your pre- pre- preschool classroom, it means that they said dinosaur. Now, that child may, in fact, be interested in dinosaurs, and if they are, we can figure out ways to support that. But when we, we force them into these phony learning activities, uh, there's, there's not a whole lot of value in that. Uh, right, and I think it can diminish their genuine interest. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a delicate balance between supporting an interest. I mean, kids may carry an interest very strongly, even for a few months on one topic, and you wish that they'd stop being interested in dinosaurs or Star Wars or whatever it is. Um, but at some point, they will move on to something else. But I think if every book we read to them is about dinosaurs and every you know um, shape that we cut out of the construction paper is a dinosaur shape and Every bit of toy with the Play-Doh is <laughs> dinosaurs. It, it's um, it's overkill, and it, it does, it's not the the natural way that a child would play. It, it's a false kind of um, environment. Yeah, and it, it's not real play when when they're not allowed to be the boss of it and pick when it starts and when it ends and when it's time to move on to something else. It it doesn't really fit the definition of play. Um, yeah. the, the, that moving on, I, I had that happen to me with a grandbaby pretty recently, and it's it's kind of your fault. My fault. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Well, <laughs> I like it when things are my fault. <laughs> we, uh, in a previous episode, we talked about Charlotte's Web, and uh, I love that book. And and so I downloaded it onto my onto my iPad, got it on my Kindle app, and and we started reading it. And she was loving it. And it's like read more. And I mean, we'd read three, four, five. And they're short chapters, but three, four, five chapters at a time. And we go on and. Then mid-chapter, about eh, halfway through the book, she told me to stop. Like mid-chapter, she said stop, and she needed to go do something else. And and she hasn't want to come wanted to come back to the book yet. I'm like, should we read some Charlotte? She's like, nope. And so she's moved on, and and I'm just dying to read her the rest of that book, but she doesn't care at the moment. And it was kind of sad for me and i know that at some point she's going to come back to it and we'll we'll start from the beginning or start where we left off and and experience the book together but uh if i would have forced her hey sit down we're going to read this we get you wait till you 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 wait till that spider dies uh <laughs> <laughs> 
she's only four, right? Yeah, yeah. It it would yeah. it would I mean it just would and so when she's ready to come back to it, we'll come back to it and and uh, and yeah, not tell them. It can be frustrating for the adult because the adult likes to finish things. They yeah, like to see things through to what we consider completion. Um, and when kids are done, they're done more randomly than we are that we think. <laughs> yeah, but they're done for good reasons, and they move on. Um, and you know what you did, like reminding her, do you want to read some Charlotte? Well, that was she might have forgotten about it, so that's a fine thing to do. But she's not ready, so she's letting you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, I, and I'm cool but with that. But we do feel we we feel odd as adults. We often do, not necessarily with a book, but just with any activity. We want to see some get. Start at the beginning, we're very linear, and get all the way to the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the other thing that's frustrating for adults is that that can be frustrating with traditional lesson planning is they go to all the work of putting together their their lesson plans and i mean some programs they've got the actual form and you got your objectives and your your goals and and you get your materials together and then you go to do a lesson at the kids and they don't care and then you get frustrated that you put all this time and energy into planning and preparing and you feel like you have to soldier through and uh, and do do this lesson at them otherwise all the preparation time was a waste and so i think one right. of the things we need to be better at is is stepping back because following the children in their play and allowing them these big blocks of play um, does isn't isn't planning free it just requires that we plan differently uh, in preparing the environment for for them, right? Like we might need to have a lot of buckets on hand, or we might need to have, you know, some sort of supply to to present if they need it. We might need more cardboard boxes that day. Yeah, I I, I think you know I, I've used I, I like the idea that we are we're. We're stage managers. We're we're kind of making sure the the actors on the stage have have the materials they they need to do their thing. I, I like the idea of of uh, sous chef too. You know the the chef is doing all the all the work, and we're just kind of hovering on the side, handing them the handing them the tomatoes uh, or whatever it is that they need to <laughs> to, uh, right. to to do their thing. And so you know we get we got to be ready that if they need more green paint, we got to know where the green paint is. Uh, right, those exactly. kind of things. Well, I, I just saw a um, description of a, a preschool that calls itself a curriculum-free preschool. And I thought, how interesting that, you know, these days you actually have to say that um, because, because so many other programs, it's just expected that it, that it will be curriculum, even at these very young ages. Yeah, yeah, that it's that's that becomes the norm. And, and I mean, I've, 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 such a big part of this is that the the – school curriculum has been pushed down so far. I mean, right now, kindergartners are doing stuff that used to, you know, the beginning of kindergarten is what the, the second half to first grade looked like 15 or 20 years ago. And, and all that kindergarten got, stuff got pushed into ages three and four-year-olds, and, and down it goes. Um, at, at some point, 18-month-olds uh, are going to have to be tying their shoes if they're going to have any chance of No, of they'll being... use the Velcro. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, we'll just give up, we'll give up on that completely. Uh, it, it's, it's just, it gets so frustrating. And, and <sighs> But I think what we need to remember is that um, as far as agendas go, that the children's agenda, what they, what they naturally gravitate to, what they are interested in doing, what they play, what they do in their agenda needs to be our agenda that that they're getting their needs met best when they when they follow along um, their own play ideas and and if we let them do that if we don't get in their way 
if we act as your stage manager and give them the props they need, then we will be achieving our agenda too, which is getting them ready yeah. for life and school. We just we, we almost second guess ourselves and try to get in their way. So if we let them do their thing, they will be preparing themselves the best way they can. Yeah, we make it much more complicated than we have to. It, it all boils down to the fact that, that play is in the child, not the toys around them. And so they're and not in the lesson plan. Yeah, and not, and not in that lesson plan. And so we need, we need to be much better at, uh, at trusting them and, and following that lead. And it does, it, uh, it, it does often go all kinds of places. Um, and I mean, that, that's going to lead to future episodes because if, if kids are watching, and we've talked about this a little bit, if they're watching violent TV shows or zombie movies and everything, that stuff comes out in their play. And there's probably, if they're playing it, there's probably learning value in it. It's something they need to work through or whatever. And so we need to, um, adjust our agendas to support that. And, and again, step back and see those bits of learning that are happening all the time so that we can decipher them and explain them to the people who need, need those things quantified for them. And, and I think that if we think about a child's day as the same way we would, how ridiculous it is to plan a child's day, the same way it is ridiculous to plan a human life. You know, did you do a lesson plan for your whole life, Jeff? <laughs> at this particular time, I will have a child. At this time, I will start doing podcasts. I mean, we don't, we don't plan out. We, plan, we try to plan a bit for our lives. But unexpected things happen during human lives. And the same with a with a child's day. It's open-ended. It's marvelous. Some parts of it are sad and grumpy, and we don't know what's going to happen when. But as long as we go with the flow and support the main actors, we're doing what's the, what's best for that day in that life. Absolutely. No Absolutely. And those unexpected things are often the most exciting and maybe not always good but but uh they're the they're the bits, the bits that yeah the bits that bring meaning to our our existence here so uh we need to pay a little bit more attention to that anything else we should touch on before we wrap this one up i think that's some food for thought for people i think we can i think we, we can covered say it goodbye great we'll be back soon with another thanks episode for thanks for listening we'll be back next bye -bye. week with another episode music by alexander shoemaker this has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. Hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. And if you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand-deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.